Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and veteran bocce ball player, Brendan Tuma. All right, there's a lot of news to get to, so that's basically going to take up the entire show, which is fair, right? Heading into week one, news is kind of what matters. So that is what we're going to do today, and maybe this whole week, depending on how things shake out. But hopefully tomorrow we can take a little bit of a deeper look into week one. Also, shameless plug, a lot of people have asked me about the trade chart article that I write each week here at Fantasy Pros. It is done. It's going to be published maybe by the time you listen to this, maybe later, but today. So if you drafted your teams, go ahead, check it out, go trade. But first, let's talk about TickPick and going to football games and saving money because at TickPick, they do not charge service fees. All they do is guarantee the best prices on tickets to NFL games. So what's a guarantee? Well, all that means is if you can find better prices for tickets on any other site, they're going to give you not 100%, 110% of the total price. No service fees is a huge deal. It's an obnoxious part about buying tickets from other providers. TickPick has saved their users over $55 million because of no service fees, okay? What's even better, they have teamed up with Zip, which allows you to buy now but pay later for all of your tickets. Just choose Zip at checkout. Split your ticket purchase into four installments. Just download the TickPick app. Use the code PROS. That's going to get you $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Again, that is code PROS for $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and select Zip at checkout. All right, let's get into the news and notes. Chiefs coach Andy Reid says that Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams are expected to play in Week 1 versus the Browns. This is weird because I didn't really feel like this needed to be said, right? Like, Edward Dallaire had the ankle injury. We got scared. They said he was fine, and everyone was happy. Daryl Williams was evaluated for a concussion, and that's all we kind of heard about it. So, like, I don't know. Even expected to play isn't quite what I had in mind. I mean, will play is just kind of what I had been assuming. Anyway, Tomato, Tomato, both are playing. Roster and start, Clyde Edwards Dallaire. Roster and bench, Daryl Williams as an insurance policy. And then enjoy watching a really good football game. Evan Ingram remained sidelined with his calf injury, and Ian Rappaport noted that Ingram is considered, quote, a long shot to play against the Broncos. News has kind of been all over the place at this point, but if you do want to roster Evan Ingram because you think he's a sleeper or you're optimistic on the Giants or you lost a bet, well, I am not all that optimistic on him suiting up for week two either. I talked about it last week. Calves are bad. You think hamstrings are bad? Hamstring injuries are like the Joe Pizapias of ailments. They're kind of annoying, they hang around longer than you want, but ultimately, you know, you can deal with them. Calves are like the Kyle Yates of injuries. They ruin everything. You can't get rid of them, and just when you think you figured out how to tolerate them, they cause you even more unexpected pain. Do not draft Evan Ingram if you have not already. If you do, pick up a Cole Komet or a Zach Ertz or a Gerald Everett instead. I don't think this ends well for Ingram. Terod Taylor was confirmed as the Texans' week one starter per coach David Culley. This is brand new information. We knew this was where things were headed, guys. David Smills clearly is not ready, and if you were not convinced when the Texans drafted him, you should have been after you saw him in the preseason. And I've said all along that Deshaun Watson is not playing this year. The Texans are admittedly caught in a weird spot here. The NFL is not going to put Watson on the exemption list because they really cannot draw conclusions or interfere with the Houston Police Department's investigation. So Watson stays on the roster, but he's not going to play. Now, we have no idea when that investigation is going to conclude or when it does, how long it's going to take the NFL to act, or once it acts, 
what that even means for Watson, who, remember, doesn't even want to be in Houston anymore. Anyway, Terod Taylor is a serviceable quarterback. Brandon Cooks is going to get his 1,000 yards, and he's going to be a wide receiver three so long as he's healthy, and then just ignore everyone else on the Texans. Mark Andrews reached a four-year, $56 million extension with the Ravens. This isn't really fantasy news, though it's good for Andrews in dynasty formats, but Andrews is likely going to get a few extra looks, particularly early in the season, so we might as well talk about it here. With Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin out, with Marquise Brown recently recovering from an injury, with J.K. Dobbins down for the season, the reliable options for Lamar Jackson are just few and far between. Andrews is my fourth-ranked tight end on the season. Now, I didn't dabble in that portion of the tight end market, so I have zero shares. But if you do, though, you're probably going to feel comfortable at the start of the season. Speaking of Ravens injuries, Justice Hill suffered a torn Achilles during Thursday's practice, and the Ravens have since worked out Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman, among others. I feel really bad for Hill, who finally had his best chance at a bigger workload, though Tyson Williams was going to be the number two in this offense, and he had looked good. But this only solidifies Gus Edwards as a guy who I still think is undervalued in fantasy. No, Bell, Freeman, neither one of them is worth a look, even in this offense. If either one of them gets signed, grab Edwards, grab Williams as a backup, ignore the rest. Rams coach Sean McVay says that Sony Michelle is on track to play in week one against the Bears. Michelle is probably unlikely to see a big role here, even if he suits up. He can't possibly be up to date on the playbook in just a couple of weeks. Jake Funk has been there. He is preparing to be a backup, so I think he'll probably get a little more work than he otherwise would in this game. So really, under no circumstances should you be starting Michelle here. It'd be good to see him play. It'd be good to see him get a little bit of work, see if he factors in somewhat to the game plan. But in the end, it's probably going to take a few weeks for us to figure out what this backfield means absent an injury to Daryl Henderson. Jameson Crowder, who had been diagnosed with COVID-19, has a chance to play in week one because he is vaccinated. He only needs to produce two negative tests. Now, he also has a minor core muscle injury. So regardless, his snaps are probably going to be limited a little bit against Carolina. Once upon a time, I called Jameson Crowder my peanut butter sandwich and that I ate a peanut butter sandwich for lunch every day for nine years straight. It wasn't the best thing I ever had. I never said, oh my God, this peanut butter sandwich surpassed even my wildest expectations. But it was always there for me, and it was always good. I never complained. That was Crowder heading into last year, but no longer. Now, I bet he'll have a role for himself in fantasy at some point this year, but the Jets didn't really want him at the start of the offseason. You've got new target hog Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and Keelan Cole and Denzel Mims. Crowder is now more like the additional helpings of vegetables that your spouse wants you to eat every night. It's okay. I mean, you're kind of satisfied sometimes, but also there's like 65 other things that you'd rather eat. So just ignore him in fantasy. Also, to be clear, my peanut butter sandwich was not just peanut butter, and it was not peanut butter and jelly. It was actually peanut butter and butter. Yes, I am disgusting, and I make no apologies about it. Adam Shaheen was diagnosed with COVID-19, and he has been ruled out for week one against the Patriots. This is not a move that matters for fantasy, but as we said yesterday, this is a reminder that this sort of thing is going to happen, and eventually to a fantasy-relevant player. Just mentally prepare yourself. Duke Johnson was signed to the Jaguars practice squad. This is not a move that matters for fantasy, but also not a move that matters in real life. But I still do remember Duke Johnson's game on Thanksgiving last year that won me a week, so he rules and I'm going to add him off the waiver wire. The Saints re-signed Chris Hogan. 
This is not a move that matters for fantasy, but also wasn't Chris Hogan like a professional lacrosse player at some point? That definitely sticks in my head somewhere. Anyway, I don't know. We're getting excited about Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. I guess we can get excited about Chris Hogan, but also don't get excited about Chris Hogan. The Saints placed Will Lutz on IR with a groin injury. We knew this would happen after he had core surgery a few weeks ago. I will admit that I am not currently positive who the Saints kicker is going to be this weekend. I think it's Aldrich Rosas, but they released him in a procedural move. Then they re-signed him to the practice squad. This is just really, really messing with my kicker projecting, but whatever. Pick up Lutz when he's off the IR in a few weeks. Don't worry about the Saints kicker until then. Jeremy Fowler suggests that week one, quote, feels in doubt for TJ Watt, who has been conducting a hold-in for a new contract, and so he's only participating in individual drills throughout camp. Meanwhile, the Steelers, they have a very strict, quote, must practice in order to play policy. So it sounds like maybe Watt is not going to play against the Bills here, and that is a minor upgrade to the Bills offense, but obviously you are starting everyone who matters on the Bills anyway. So again, not really fantasy relevant other than you feel a little bit better about all the Bills players this week. Trey Lance had the splint removed from his finger. Now, he is gripping the ball, but he is not throwing yet. And yet, apparently, he is going to be ready for week one here against the Lions. So, look, I don't expect Lance to factor in very much in week one. I think it's probably going to take a couple of weeks. That's essentially what Dr. David Chow said and what I said earlier. So, I think be patient with Lance. Don't get too worked up if Jimmy Garoppolo kind of dominates the quarterback snaps here in this game. But this makes... No impact on my long-term evaluation of Lance. He seems to be progressing as expected, and I'm still drafting him very late to the extent you still have drafts to make sure that you have all the upside that you can get at the quarterback position. A couple of practice updates here. Curtis Samuel, who is recovering from a groin injury, looked good per Ron Rivera in practice. Now, I personally would not expect much from Samuel in week one. He had been on the COVID list. He had battled the groin injury. Even if he does feel 100%, By the way, it does not sound like he does if you read between the lines, but even if he did, his conditioning probably is not where it needs to be. Long term, I do think he's someone to buy into in that Washington offense. So I would be looking to get him cheap if I couldn't. If you have not drafted yet, he is going really late over the last couple of weeks, and I think he's a prime candidate to snap up for the upside. And a couple of notable players returned to practice. Brandon Ayuk returned from his hamstring injury. This is roughly 10 days since we first heard about that injury, so that's a pretty good sign that he's already back at practice. But hamstring injuries are worrisome, but I think kudos to the 49ers here. They have done a really, really good job of taking care of their players. We've heard about minor things with Raheem Mostert, with the back, and Debo Samuel with the glute, and they've really done a good job of managing that. So personally, I'm not worried at all about Ayuk. I think he's going to have a really big game in week one, and I have no hesitation about starting him there or thereafter. And finally, Vic Fangio said that he expects Noah Fant, who has been out with some sort of leg injury, to play in week one. Is this just me, or do we not know anything about this leg injury? Is it a hamstring? Is it a calf? Is it the quad? What is this? The guy hasn't practiced before today in like three weeks. But anyway, it sounds like he's going to play, and he is a tight end with the pulse. So, low end, tight end one, he is. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Thanks for listening, everybody. I will talk to you again tomorrow morning.